You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. So much weird stuff going on. The China balloon, the other objects, our military at first just sitting back watching them and then suddenly going crazy, shooting down everything in sight. Our leaders just remaining quiet and the fire, this train fire. (laughs) What is happening? Add into the mix the covid restrictions still lingering, a vaccine they have not been straight about. Have you ever heard of the book Atlas Shrugged, Iron Rind? It's a, it's a thousand pages long. Honestly, I think I only made it uh, about 450 in, but it made an impression. And the vibration in America right now feels like it's straight out of this book. Here's a bit of the movie version. Midas Mulligan. Who's asking? Someone who knows what it's like to work for himself and not let others feed off the profits of his energy. Who are you? found a note. What did it say? It said, who is John Galt? One of the worst railroad accidents in recent history. A Tiger transcontinental freight train has crashed and derailed. Looks rather familiar, doesn't it? Actually, it's uncanny. (laughs) Now, in that book, things start breaking down. There's laziness, attitudes of entitlement, an authoritarian state decides what's true and not true. And this not even acknowledged environmental catastrophe, it is affecting real people. Real people are being horribly, miserably affected by it. And nobody seems to care. Toxic fears after a train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio, required the burning of train cars carrying flammable gas to prevent a catastrophic explosion. Residents reportedly have complained now about a burning sensation in their eyes. Dead fish have turned up in rivers. And one woman says her hens and rooster died suddenly. Uh, All right. Doesn't this call for immediate presidential attention and action? At least something. These are real people. They are suffering. And uh, it's being essentially blown off. Imagine that an environmental catastrophe because the left, they're always consumed with the environment, with the oceans, with the polar bears, right? The ocean may rise over the next thousand years or so. uh, But nothing about those people in Ohio. Hey, you know what? Actually, some animals are being marginalized. I mean, remember the whales? They were the, the angels of the environmental movement for decades. Now suddenly they're, they're expendable. They're irrelevant. What's the priority? Putting those hideous monstrosities just about everywhere, right? These things, which, which barely work. Which brings me back to the Atlas Shrugged 
theme. Uh, Ayn Rind, it's something else. Now, did you read the book? Did you see the movie? There's something about it. Now, there's a famous incident of a train crash. Uh, a train breaks down in the mountains of Colorado. This is the Cliff Note version. Stranding a train full of passengers. They need a replacement engine, but they're not available. Only a coal burner is. So they bring that thing in, not because it should be brought in, but because a politician on the train bullies all of the railroad employees into bringing this coal-burning engine in despite the risks involved. He had to get to a rally in San Francisco. The coal burner was attached. The passengers and crew asphyxiated in the tunnel. An army munitions train running off its normal schedule slams into the stalled train in the tunnel, and its armament detonates, and the mountain comes crashing down. Um, the analysis of the book, they say the disaster is brought about by factors much deeper than politics. Um, the best minds have left the railroad because it's impossible to produce with this regime and their arbitrary decrees coming down. And the regime, for them, the facts are malleable, details that can be molded by the capriciousness of men with political power. The laws of science and nature do not take precedence in their minds. But the commands of powerful men do, and opinions, especially the opinions of political leadership, that all comes first. This sounds very familiar to me. And, yes, it's happening again in Tucson, just outside of Tucson on Interstate 10. We have a calamity there in progress. Take a look. So they issued a shelter-in-place order just outside of Tucson as a truck full of nitric acid toppled over and is spewing it all into the environment. These are crises coast to coast. And our transportation secretary, our minister of transportation, maybe we should start calling him that, is just having a, well, a good time. He's just enjoying himself. Never forget, he has no business being the transportation secretary uh, working at this high level of government. He got the job because of his sexuality. That's it. That's absolutely it. That's what brought him to the table. If you don't believe me, <laughs> check out the thousands upon thousands of stories that were written about his sexuality, which I would say at this moment, uh, it's particularly irrelevant. So... There's a lot of stuff going on, and some stuff I can't shake. Uh, from a couple of months ago, the Uvalde cops just waiting for hours. There's so much weirdness, chaos, oddness, denialism. Who can handle all this stuff? Who really can handle it? I think we need Trump. I really do. I know who can't handle it, and her name is Nikki Haley and her cornball routine and her modest accomplishments are just not going to cut it. So she's running for president. She made it official more or less today with a video. The video, it's like she bought it at the campaign store from 50 years ago. Uh, there's a movie from 50 years ago with Robert Redford, who's running for the U.S. Senate. And this guy, uh, <laughs> he's turned off by the shallowness and silliness of the whole process. Look at the commercial they made for him. If we're ever going to tackle the problems of the 1970s, we need all the strength a young man can give. Bill McKay has it. conviction to push for real solutions to the problems of unemployment, poverty, and crime. 
the determination to put some action back into the United States Senate, the energy to fight the special interests on behalf of all the people of California. For a better way, Bill McKay. Fast forward 51 years ago to today, and it's the same pablum. It's time for a new generation of leadership to rediscover fiscal responsibility, secure our border, and strengthen our country, our pride, and our purpose. We don't fall for this stuff anymore. The fake handshaking, you know, all that stuff. And the pablum, the, the trite cliches. Uh, actually, we're going we're gonna to play a little bit more of this. Uh, I'm sorry, but when it comes to somebody's ethnicity or sexuality, I don't think we care anymore. But that's what she leads with. The railroad tracks divided the town by race. I was the proud daughter of Indian immigrants. Not black, not white. I was different. Remember when Barack Obama talked about this and everybody swooned? It doesn't work anymore. Nobody cares. What can you do for the people? By the way, it's all her, her, her. I, I, I. Next. But my mom would always say your job is not to focus on the differences, but the similarities. And my parents reminded me and my siblings every day how blessed we were to live in America. All right. I think she went to the Joe Biden School of Campaigning and saying your mom said this, your dad said that. And what is she doing by those railroad tracks? Hasn't she been watching the news? All right. Next. People came by the thousands for fresh starts. Moms and dads held their heads up high. Children learned that it was always it's a great day in South Carolina. It's a great day. It's a great day. A great day. A great day in South Carolina. She's running for president, not lieutenant governor of South Carolina. All about South Carolina, which I, I've been to. It's, it's fine. It's fine. Next. And when evil did come. Police in South Carolina are looking for a gunman following a shooting at a church. Several victims. We don't know the uh, severity. We turned away from fear toward God and the values that still make our country the freest and greatest in the world. Total turnoff showing herself at a funeral in the wake of a church shooting, a politician at a funeral. And that's in the campaign ad with the with the music in the background. No, 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 not for me. Next. You should know this about me. I don't put up with bullies. And when you kick back, it hurts them more if you're wearing heels. I'm Nikki Haley and I'm running for president. I think she's running for president of the fourth grade uh, carpool association at some grammar school. I'm sorry. And what she did to President Trump, promising that he would not run, and now she's running? I think that's unforgivable in my book. We'll see what happens, and I know that she's not up to the challenges uh, that we're facing, even right now, at this moment. That train, that balloon, and our uh, democratically elected leaders not being informed by the swamp. They're not telling them, and that's obviously wrong. Take a look. No, I have no understanding, nor does anyone else, about how they're going to handle it the next time. Didn't really learn a darn thing. Did you get any answers as to what those other objects were? Not at all. 
Not at all. Not at all. There ought to be more transparency, whether it's from the president in a national address or through some other senior official. The American people need and deserve more facts. Democrats and Republicans agree. So where is Joe? And what about that promise he made all of us? A promise he swore to the Lord that he would fulfill. Before God and all of you, I give you my word. I will always level with you. He's going to have a lot of explaining to do when he meets the big man, the big man. I'll be right back. Terrible rampage. A guy in a U-Haul just rode all over Brooklyn, running over people. Horrible. It's obviously deliberate. And there is a suspect in custody. One person was killed, uh, eight or so injured. Uh, They came out right away. I mean, almost minutes later to say, not terrorism. At this time, we have no indication that there is any terrorism involvement in this incident. Yeah, Democrats, she works for a Democrat mayor, and uh, they're, they never really seem to want to acknowledge terrorism. We all remember Benghazi, right? I mean, this was a terrorist attack that they refused to acknowledge as a terrorist attack. I don't know why they're so hung up on denying reality sometimes. It's happened before many times. Uh, Chelsea, here in Manhattan, there was a, a series of bombings in 2016 in the Chelsea neighborhood clearly terrorism, but they did not want to say that, at least not right away. You want to let things blow over before you acknowledge the truth. Oh, there was a bombing. That much we do know. We know is a very serious incident, but we have a lot more work to do to be able to say what kind of motivation was behind this. Was it a political motivation, a personal motivation? What was it? We do not know that yet. Substantial indications right off the bat, believe me. It's funny, this guy, Democrat, big city mayor, never really waited for the final investigation to come in before he pointed his finger at cops. In the summer of Black Lives Matter, a police officer got wailed in the head from behind. Watch this. Boom. Did you see that? That could kill a man. Well, his partner drew his gun which is the thing to do in that kind of scenario. Uh, Deadly force potentially must be met with deadly force, potentially. Now, that weapon wasn't fired, but the mayor, he just had to say something about this. It is not the place of an officer to pull a gun in the middle of a crowd, knowing that there are peaceful protesters in that crowd. That is unacceptable. That is dangerous. Hours later, he's just, he's already made up his mind. He knows So quick to judge the cops. And oh, by the way, it was terrorism. Ahmad Khan Rahimi ultimately convicted and will be spending the rest of his life in jail. Uh, In 2017, a terrorism attack. It happened actually a few blocks from where I lived. And wow, did they want this to be something else. People from all over the world, tourists in New York City riding their bikes on Halloween. It was Halloween. Were mowed down by a madman who made a run for it, but was ultimately apprehended by the cops. Um, Clearly a case of uh, terrorism. He had all kinds of uh, Islamic extremist writings back at his house. 
This guy also in jail forever, we hope. Um, interesting, though, the media, Democrats, so reluctant to talk about this narrative, but they're really eager to talk about another one. Can you guess which one that is? Here's a suspect, okay? He's a 21-year-old white man. This 21-year-old white male mass murderer. The suspect arrested 150 miles away after a chase is a white man. The suspect in custody is white. This has not been labeled a hate crime. But on one level, the motive doesn't matter because regardless, it generated fear in the Asian American community. Um, you see what happens. It happens all the time. Why is that? Uh, I don't know exactly, but there seems to be a focus on race when it comes to white, not others. Maybe we should ignore it all, or maybe it should be mentioned all the time. I don't know, but what's happening right now is not right. By the way, the suspect in yesterday's rampage in Brooklyn is 62-year-old, let's see, it's uh, Wang Soar. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that case. All right, on to something totally different. Have you heard of ChatGPT? It is, um, well, a very high-end version of Google. You can ask it pretty much anything, and it will have an answer, a very sophisticated answer, potentially. Take a look. The viral new chatbot tool called ChatGPT. When put to the test, the chatbot has answered questions with responses. It appears as if a real human being wrote it. It is remarkable and a little bit scary stuff. ChatGPT is like a sort of personal assistant, a very clever personal assistant that uses vast amounts of data with artificial intelligence to give scarily accurate, detailed and human-like answers. ChatGPT has the potential to influence our lives, dramatically changing how we gather information, how we communicate, even how we work. Well, uh, I think it's a big bust because I asked it a pretty simple question. Uh, why does Joe Biden lie so much? All right. I think that's a <laughs> if it can answer anything. How about that? And gave me a very long answer. Uh, but <laughs> most of this is spin. And the very first words out of Chad GPT's mouth, I think, well, was a lie. There is no evidence to support the claim that President Joe Biden lies more than other politicians or individuals in positions of power. Oh, really? We have hours and hours and hours of footage that proves that wrong. Just remember, chat GPT. It's going to be a big thing. Everybody's talking about it or they will be shortly. It's hideously biased and wrong. We'll be right back. Hey guys, it's Carson. Are you looking to protect your money from Biden's America? Yeah, me too. Well, right now you can get up to $10,000 in free silver while supplies last just by taking action in today's uncertain times. That's exactly why I partnered with a great company, Gold Co. So you can diversify your savings and investments with gold and silver before things get worse. Gold Co. is a six-time, 5,000 winner, 2022 Company of the Year with thousands of five-star reviews and have helped people like you and me place over $1 billion in gold and silver. 
They're offering up to $10,000 in free silver while supplies last if you call them today. Qualified callers get a free Ronald Reagan half-ounce silver coin. Don't pass this up. Not while companies are laying off workers by tens of thousands and Chinese spy balloons are drifting over our country consequence-free. Protect yourself from Biden's America and see if you're eligible for up to $10,000 in free silver while supplies last. Here's the number, 855-735-3740. That's 855-735-3740 for Gold Co. Hey, that's uh, Joe Biden celebrating Valentine's Day two years ago. Uh, or is it Valentine's Day? Look at those uh, silly signs on the front lawn. Uh, healing, kindness, unity. Uh, isn't Valentine's Day supposed to be about romance and stuff like that? Look at today's uh, White House lawn for Valentine's Day. More hearts, that's nice, but look at the messaging. Uh, reach out with open hearts, helping hands. What the heck is going on? James Rosen, our White House correspondent, brought this to our attention. James has covered the White House for many years, and uh, he does a fantastic job. He's also an accomplished author, many books to his credit, uh, and uh, more to come. James, welcome. How are you? Great to be back with you, Greg. Thank you. You bet. So uh, <laughs> that's quite a, uh, a celebration of Valentine's that doesn't quite make sense. Uh, tell us about when you saw it, what you thought, and what, what do you make of all this? Greg, it just struck me as a, a concerted effort on the part of the First Lady's office and the White House communications team to celebrate um, Valentine's Day in a way that has nothing to do with the core of, of the holiday itself. It is, as you say, about romance. Um, to tell us to celebrate Valentine's Day with open hearts, that seemed to me to be some kind of coded call to tolerance, perhaps, which is a noble sentiment, but not fitting for Valentine's Day. In fact, our hearts on Valentine's Day are t supposed to be closed to all but the one we love. Uh, and also, um, there was a, a reference to helping hands, perhaps some sort of coded call to community service of some kind. I'm not quite sure what helping hands would mean in the strict sense of Valentine's Day that we all know it to be, which is about romance. So it just struck me as quizzical and, and perhaps in some vague way political. Yeah. And actually, can we go to the picture from 2021? Now, he had only been president for not even a month at that point. Let's take a look at some of the images from back then. Empathy, kindness, uh, healing. Is it I'm just thinking this now. Maybe they were so eager to draw a contrast between, you know, bad, evil Trump and empathetic Joe. Is that is that how this kind of things may have started? Does that make sense? I can't speak to their motivations, but we all know from, from our own childhoods and from reading Peanuts with Charlie Brown, who always used to trudge out to his mailbox in search of a Valentine on Valentine's Day, never to actually find one waiting for him, that in fact, um, compassion is really not a core element of Valentine's Day. Uh, there, we, we love the ones we choose. We don't necessarily love the ones we don't choose. And if you don't get a Valentine, well, better luck next year. Uh, these are lessons that all children understand. Uh, so this, this decided effort to, to co-mingle or to confuse what Valentine's Day is really all about just puzzled me. Well, they're trying to revamp everything else in society. Why not take a swing at Valentine's Day? You had quite a moment today with the White House press secretary. Uh, we're going to watch it and then talk about it. Go ahead. 
But there is obviously a variety of settings the president can employ. Set pieces, impromptu remarks, teleprompter, no teleprompter, etc., etc. Is it the view of the president's communications team that he is equally adept in all settings in terms of communications, or are there some that play to greater strengths, some where he probably isn't as strong, etc.? I will tell you this, the president is the best communicator that we have in the White House. Wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, number one, uh, well, James, what, why, why did you come up with that question? Very, very interesting and skilled and uh, skillfully delivered. But why that question? What about that answer? I'm sure my colleagues in the White House press briefing room might disagree. Uh, I'm, I'm, I think I have a reputation there for verbosity, but I prefaced that question by saying, because mine was actually the, my series of questions to Karine Jean-Pierre today was was the second to last in the entire briefing. And I, I actually said in advance of posing that question that one of the benefits of, of asking questions so late in any given briefing is that you don't have to concern yourself with incrementally driving forward the story of the day. You can focus on broader or deeper topics. Um, I was interested in that, uh, that subject, the president's communications, uh, and, and what his own staff might see as his strengths and liabilities in that arena, A, because communications are so central to the modern presidency, but B, because it strikes me that the president frequently gets lost when he uses teleprompters. Indeed, he did uh, in his uh, public event that he had on this very day, the day I asked Karine Jean-Pierre about this. Uh, and so I wondered if his team would be willing to acknowledge that there are certain settings in which this president might not communicate as well as he does in certain other settings. Uh, but instead, you showed the entirety of Karine Jean-Pierre's response that the president is the best communicator they have in the White House. That will earn her points inside the White House and with the president. Uh, I think just based on the online reaction that there may be different views on the part of the citizenry. Okay. Well, an audience of one. Uh, maybe even the staffers think that way as well. All right. Now, I want to go back. This may be, I don't know, a year ago, but James, you set the world on fire when you asked the question that needed to be asked about what's going on with Joe Biden's uh, brain. And we're going we're gonna to take a look at it. And uh, I enjoy it. I thank you again. But um, if you missed it, it's a good one. Take a look. Thank you very much for this honor. James Rosen with Newsmax. I'd like to, um, I'd like to raise a delicate subject, uh, but with utmost respect for your life accomplishments and the high office you hold. A poll released this morning by Politico Morning Consult found 49% of registered voters disagreeing with the statement, Joe Biden is mentally fit. Well, Not even a majority of Democrats who responded uh, strongly affirmed that statement. Well, I'll let you all make the judgment whether they're correct. Well, Thank so you. the question I have for you, sir, if you'd let me finish, is why do you suppose such large segments of the American electorate have come to harbor such profound concerns about your cognitive fitness? Thank you. I have no idea. James, it had to be asked. It's for the historic record, and um, I hope you're proud of it. I, I am proud of it. Uh, it was asked respect, uh, respectfully. There, it, it remains, the whole subject, a kind of undercurrent in our political discourse. And if my posing of that question to President Biden winds up to be the only time anybody directly raises that with him, 
uh, that will be of benefit to historians someday who are writing about this presidency. Hey, one more thing. You know, nobody, as far as I know, has asked the president directly about the laptop since it's been verified as authentic. Hunter Biden's laptop is Hunter Biden's laptop. The president has not been, as far as I know, he has not been asked directly about, uh, you know, you said it was disinformation. You lied, or in my view, he lied. You know, you were wrong at least. What do you have to say about it now? Am I, am I right? Has he not been asked that question? And do you think it will happen someday? I believe you're correct that the president hasn't been directly asked about the laptop. Hunter Biden has been directly asked about the laptop. I remember one appearance by him on CBS News when he was promoting his memoir in which he said that it may well be his laptop. He refused to confirm that it was his. Um, I don't think you'll see the president asked directly uh, about the laptop, only perhaps because as we all know, Hunter Biden remains under active criminal federal investigation, and the president will likely defer any questioning on that, citing that fact. Well, he has a ready-made escape hatch, I guess, but the question needs to be asked, and maybe it will someday. James Rosen, we so appreciate it. Very quickly, when's your book coming out, your next book? You're the best writer I know. Uh, you're very kind, Greg. March 7, available for pre-order now on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and so on. It's called Scalia, Rise to Greatness, 1936 to 1986. It's uh, volume one of a two-volume biography of Antonin Scalia, the first admiring biography of Antonin Scalia, someone I knew personally. Wow. All right. Love it. March 7th, pre-order now, Scalia by James Rosen. To be continued, sir, many thanks. We'll be right back. podcast listener and this is a podcast ad reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from lips and ads choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads go to lips now that's l-i-b-s-y-n ads.com well the midterms did not go the way i wanted in so many places including michigan i was pulling for tudor dixon uh first time candidate an absolute superstar but somehow gretchen was uh, re-elected i'm still scratching my head but tudor dixon remains a superstar and her future is big uh welcome back tudor dixon how are you and uh sorry about what happened um gosh i was surprised how did you feel well, certainly we were surprised as well, and we were hoping for a different outcome here in the state of Michigan. And now I think a lot of people in the state are also scratching their heads and saying, how are we in this situation now? We've got a lot going on in the state. None of it is really very good right now. Not at all. And by the way, you guys are right next to, uh, well, you border on, I believe, Lake Huron. And a, uh, now we're shooting down stuff like crazy. I would love your assessment as to how the Biden administration has been handling this so far. Well, I can tell you people here in the state are saying, why are we not hearing from the president? Why hasn't there been any explanation of what these are? This is the fourth object that's been shot down. We know more about the first, but really we don't know anything about the first. The only reason we know about the supposed surveillance, Chinese surveillance balloon, is because people spotted it themselves in Montana. But now we're wondering, what are these other three objects that have been shot down? And we're not hearing anything. This is not surprising from this administration. We're not really hearing anything about what's going on in East Palestine. We're not hearing much about 
what's going on out in Arizona. We're not hearing about what's going on in Michigan when it comes to Ford partnering with a Chinese company. I mean, we're asking, where is government in general? And we're hearing nothing. Yeah, it's a very strange time. And you're, look, you're an industrialist. You have a lot of experience with uh, manufacturing and moving stuff around. Your thoughts on the Palestine crash, it's uh, huge. Uh, we have an environmental calamity on our hands. I believe we have some. There we go. Um, give me your takeaways and what are, what, are, what are we missing here? Well, my background is castings and uh, rail castings was actually one of the, the castings that we made in our factory. And so we're hearing that this is an axle collapse, that something failed on the train. That's pretty surprising to hear that that is what caused the derailment. But then this massive explosion, we were telling people to go back to their homes. Now we have experts coming out and saying, why were they telling people to go back to their homes when their homes haven't been examined? We don't know if they're clean. We're hearing of animals that are dropping dead on site. We're curious about whether or not this is safe for humans to be there. And we really haven't gotten anything from Pete Buttigieg whatsoever. I mean, this guy is a complete failure as the Secretary of Transportation. We've already had failures in the airlines, and now we're seeing this with our railroads. And he comes out and starts talking about diversity. I mean, come on, could we actually focus on what's happening to the American people? It's wild, and he seems to be having such a good time with all the perks that go with that job. You mentioned Arizona. Uh, you're talking about what happened on I-10 right outside of Tucson, another chemical spill. People have been ordered to shelter in place. Uh, it is nitric acid, uh, which sounds like really powerful stuff. You know, you know anything about that? No, I mean, I'm watching this as it unfolds. About an hour ago, I saw that we are telling people to shelter in place. Another big chemical spill. And these are things that we're, I mean, we're seeing weird things happen across the country. Chemical spills. We're seeing the situation where we're not having our chickens lay eggs. What is going on right now? Why are we having such limited information coming out of this administration? That's what I think people are asking about. And that's certainly what people are asking about in Michigan right now. But as you, we talked about at the beginning of the show, Gretchen Whitmer is now again the governor of the state of Michigan. And one of the big questions that we're asking is, why do we have Chinese corporations if we're shooting down things that potentially have come from China? Why are we welcoming Chinese corporations into the very center of the country? And that's what Gretchen Whitmer is doing right now. And that's what we're saying here in Michigan. We want to hold that her accountable for that. Why did Governor Glenn Youngkin come out and say, no way is Ford going to bring this Chinese battery plant to Virginia. But Gretchen Whitmer says, yeah, come on in. We want to be the epicenter of Chinese activity in the United States. It is crazy. And uh, gosh, the left, they seem really intent on rewarding bad behavior and failure. Uh, and that's kind of what I see with uh, Gretchen Whitmer. Listen, we had a horrible shooting at uh, Michigan State University. Uh, I don't know what can be done other than enforcing the gun laws we have on the books. Um, tragically, three people killed. I, I do notice that the media have been as politically correct as possible in describing the shooter. Uh, your thoughts on, on that tragic uh, episode? It's absolutely horrifying to think, and my, my heart goes out to the families. I mean, as a mom of four girls, it's 
it's the thought I think of every day when I send my kids to school. Are they safe? But let's face what really happened here. And I will actually give kudos to our Attorney General Dana Nessel because she came out. She is a Democrat, but she came out and she said, can we start prosecuting gun, gun crimes now? Because this is a gentleman who had a gun crime in 2019. It should have been processed and he should have been convicted of a felony in 2019, which would have meant he couldn't buy a firearm. But he was not because this is a soft on crime city. Lansing is the 17th most dangerous city in the entire country. So this is a, this is big news because this happened on campus. But sadly, this is happening every day in Lansing. Why isn't it getting this attention on a day when it's a few streets over? And I'm not belittling what happened at Michigan State. I'm saying we've got to start taking this very seriously, regardless of where it happens. And if we had taken it seriously in 2019, it likely wouldn't have happened right now. Uh, before we go, listen, you were a great candidate. People were very, very impressed. What are your options? What are you looking at? Uh, a lot of folks would like to see you remain in the political game. Uh, what's on the horizon? Can you tell us? Well, I'm definitely going to remain in the political game, at least on the ground, watching what's going on and see what the next steps are. Maybe I'll run for office again in the future. I haven't made that decision just yet, but I'm definitely going to stay on the ground and make sure that we get Republicans elected in the state of Michigan. It's so key. So many states had really devastating results for Republicans, but I don't think anything was nearly as bad as Michigan. We lost our House, we lost our Senate, and we lost our three statewide seats right at the top there. So we've got to do something strong here with that ground game to get Republican seats back in Michigan. And I'm going to make sure I am on top of that every single day. Hey, you know how many presidents lost their first bid for office? Uh, it's like three out of the last five at least. So you never know. Tudor Dixon, we appreciate it so much. To be continued, many thanks, and we'll be right back. Thank you for helping us here at Newsmax fight for free speech. You know, we were deplatformed by AT&T's DirecTV. And so many of you, whether you were former AT&T Direct customers or just you support Newsmax and free speech, have been telling that company what they can do and canceling your service. And uh, look, you can call those numbers, tell them how you feel, or go to IWantNewsmax.com. We so appreciate it. We're making headway. They did the wrong thing. They deplatformed us, um, but I think they're feeling the wrath. I'd like to bring in Jeffrey Lord, contributing editor at The American Spectator and also a former advisor under President Reagan. Sir, welcome. And your new piece, let's go ahead and put it on the screen. AT&T's chairman, uh, those who canceled Newsmax, sat on the New York Times board. Uh, I did not know about this. Who is this guy and what's happening? Good to see you, Jeffrey Lord. Good to see you, my friend, Greg. His name is William Kennard. And, you know, when this whole episode started, if there's one thing I've learned we, that, we, that lots of us have learned, corporations don't just run themselves. They're run by people. Who are the people who are running them? What is their background? And I started digging into this and found out that Mr. Kennard had served President Clinton as the chairman of the Federal Communications Commission, no small appointment, and then served President Obama as the United States ambassador to the European Union. And then I started checking even further after that. Lo and behold, he'd served on the board of directors of the New York Times, you know, that famously conservative newspaper. Uh, and also he'd served on the board of Yale University, that hotbed of right wing extremism. Right. 
So what what the real problem here is, I mean, canceling conservatives has been a thing with liberal establishment types forever and a day. You know, they, they went after Rush Limbaugh, Lou Dobbs, Glenn Beck, on and on and on they go. I was convinced once I saw what happened to One American News that they would eventually turn on Newsmax and here they are. What they didn't anticipate is the backlash to all of this, which you have talked about. And I have to say, I don't think they realized and may not realize yet, They may, although they may be beginning to understand that effectively what they're doing is committing uh, sort of a, what I call a slow motion corporate suicide mm. for AT&T. They're losing money doing this. People don't want this. They want companies to be run politically neutrally and do what they're supposed to do. And that's not what Mr. Kennard and his fellow board members want to do. And stockholders are paying a price for it. Yes. The, the, uh, what, what was the hit? They lost billions, billions of billion dollars. Or something, yes. Wow. Um, let me ask you this, by the way. Uh, did this start, did the ball start rolling when Democrats on Capitol Hill, they actually wrote to AT&T directly and said, yes. you know, oh, you got these stations. We don't agree with them and they're providing misinformation. That's a real problem. That to me, and I think to all of us, is a viol violation of the First Amendment because you have the government weighing in with their power and their prestige and their might on private companies, you know, saying these people should be deplatformed, even hinting at that would be, I believe, a violation of our First Amendment rights because it is coming from the government, the impetus. That's exactly right. This is all about politics. And the thing that I find really concerning is they thought they could get away with this. And as I say, this has been done before. Uh, it, in the long ago and far away, they, when Lou Dobbs was at CNN, they went after him for his stance on immigration. I wrote something about him, standing up for him. I got invited into New York. There I am in the green room at CNN, a place I would later in life become very familiar with. And he comes in, says hello and everything. Then he goes and sits down in front of the cameras and says, I'll get to the news in a minute, but this is my last night on CNN. And that's it. It was over. I was so astonished that by the time it was my turn to go on air and talk with him, I wasn't sure I could speak. Uh, it was just so amazing. And then after that, Glenn Beck uh, was threatened with, I think, some 200 companies threatened to withdraw their advertising from Fox if they kept Lou, uh, Glenn Beck on the air. The Rush Limbaugh episode, his advertisers, seven of them left, and it was quite nip and tuck there for a while. His audience rallied. I mean, I think that's exactly what's happening with Newsmax. The audience is rallying to this. Well, People just are not going to put up with this anymore. We appreciate it. It's funny. Our side... You know, I disagree with the folks at CNN, but I don't disagree with CNN's right to exist right. <laughs> or MSNBC. It's a game they play, not us. Hey, do me a favor. Uh, only got, oh, 20 seconds. Sorry. Ronald Reagan, a fond memory. You were there uh, slugging it away in the Reagan White House. Uh, tell us something about him we don't know, perhaps. Oh, the, the great communicator. You know, that famous speech of the Berlin Wall tear down the wall. Mr. Gorbachev had been in and out of the speech drafts. He liked it. State Department types kept pulling it out. He's in the limo on the way to the wall. It's missing again. And he turns to Chief of Staff Ken Duberstein and says, I want to put it back in. And Ken says to him, Mr. President, sir, you're the president. It went back in. And that's the speech we remember. I love it. I did not know that, huh? The State Department wanted it out. The deep State Department. Oh, by the way. Bingo. <laughs> Jeffrey Lord, Jeffrey Lord, we so appreciate it. Thank you. And we'll be right back.
My book, Justice for All, How the Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement, available wherever books are sold. Many, many thanks for your consideration. And for those of you who actually bought it, thank you. Uh, something in the book, a uh, little uh, nugget that I'm very proud of. Barbara Jordan, the late congresswoman from Texas. Uh, she was a staunch feminist and liberal. However, on issues of immigration, some of her positions you might hear at a Trump rally. She was very, very common sense. She chaired something called the Commission on Immigration Reform, later known as the Jordan Commission. And some of the things she wanted to do, she wanted to cut legal immigration by at least a third, eliminate chain migration, which lets immigrants steadily bring in dozens of relatives in the name of family unification. Uh, she wanted to focus on admitting high-skilled applicants and eliminating the visa lottery. Fascinating, absolutely fascinating. And thank you, Barbara Jordan. We probably disagreed on a lot of issues, but she was spot on when it came to immigration. Many, many thanks to you, and I'll see you tomorrow night. All the best. Thank you.